Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson. I'm the founder of Stack, the service that searches out the best independent magazines and delivers them to thousands of readers around the world every month. This week, I'm speaking with Tom Priest, one of the founding editors of Yuck, the Manchester-based music magazine that released its fifth issue this summer. I've been a fan of Yuck since I picked up their third issue last year in the depths of the lockdown here in London. And at that point, the magazine functioned as a sort of a reminder of what it was like back when we could go out and see live music. It felt somehow hopeful that people were still even thinking about that. As I record this, things are opening up more and I was excited to hear about how that's changing the scope of what Yuck can do, including planning for their first live event next month and increasing the size and ambition of the magazine itself. As you'll hear, Yuck has strong associations with Manchester and that's where it finds a lot of its readers, but I'm very pleased to say that if you're not in Manchester, you can also buy copies of Yuck in the Stack Shop. Just head to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop and search for it and you'll find copies of issues uh, three, four and five, all of them at just £5 each uh, and well worth a read. But before all of that, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Tom Priest from Yuck. Tom, thank you so much for making time to talk. No worries at all. Thanks for having us. So you are, uh, well, you're one of the founding editors, I think, uh, of Yuck magazine. Um, And am I right in saying that it's another Tom who is the other founding editor? It actually is, yeah. It's two toms. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so t- I mean, the one of the things that I really like about Yuck is that it reads like a bunch of friends who are sat together making this magazine. Is that a very cleverly constructed ruse, or is this actually how the magazine came about? Um, it's definitely how the magazine came about. Um, me and um, I called it to Tom. Uh, we were travelling. Uh, we wanted to create something sort of culture based for a while and kind of you know we, we didn't know what we wanted to do and um and then then you know the, the idea organically came about um to, to start a magazine um and yeah like you said it is just you know it started out as, as, as a couple of mates in a university bedroom um you know hashing together um pages and interviews on indesign and now it's kind of more of a, an ad hoc process you know via zoom with um the world of coronavirus we live in um, but but yeah, you know that that kind of ethos has remained there since day one. You know we are you know just a bunch of friends essentially telling our audience what music we like, and I think that's that's at the heart of what we do. So so tell me then, what made you decide in the first place that this was going to print be a, a print magazine? Because there are so many other ways of talking about culture and music these days. What made it into a print thing? Um, I think for a while we were kind of lost and we wanted something to represent our work and we worked out eventually that that was going to be something physical, mm-hmm. something tangible. I think we wanted to be able to hold it in our hands and then that, you know, that kind of led us down the print road. Um, I think it's important for us, you know, that if you call yourself a magazine, I know there are a lot of magazines out there that are digital magazines and, mm. you know, they're, they're great, but um, a hill that I'm kind of prepared to die on is that you know, we wanted something physical, and if you're going to call yourself a magazine, you should have a physical representation of that in in in, in some form of print. Mm, mm, mm. And and aside from kind of bragging rights of like 
look, it's a real magazine. You can hold it. You can sit in the pub with it. Do, I mean, do you feel like being in print kind of does anything to the journalism, like, you know, you know sort of like the, the stuff that you're writing in the magazine? Does it feel different because it's in print or is it it's really just kind of you wanted to be a, a magazine proper? I think, yeah, I'd agree with that in the sense that I think a lot more probably love and care and thought and attention goes into the pieces, especially from um, our contributors as well. It, you know, knowing the fact that this essentially is going to be fairly widely distributed, at least in Manchester, um, and, you know, read by a couple of, you know, hundred to a thousand people. So I think, you know, that really that really enhances, I think, our own writing and the, the work of our contributors as well. I think, you know, a lot more love goes into creating something, as you said, tangible, something, you know, you can hold in your hands. So I think, I think that definitely helps us, yeah. Because you ultimately, you hit that moment before you send it to print where you're like, okay, we have to make sure this is as close to perfect as it can be. I mean, had you worked on any print projects before this? Um, no, I mean, that's the, that's the funny thing, you know, we were kind of, aside from being sort of uh, journalism students, we had no idea of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we've kind of learned along the way and we're still learning today. So you were you were studying journalism then, Where, whereabouts were you at university? Um, so we were both based in Preston at the time. Um, mm-hmm. We live in Manchester now and, you know, the, the, the kind of aim for the magazine was always to take it to Manchester and that's something we always knew we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But obviously at the time we were, you know, we were university students in press and so uh, you know aside from being a journalist we had no idea of of of, of how to start or run or um or, you know kind of get into print so mm. it was trial by error really and mm. um, and like you said you know when the, that painstaking process towards the end of your deadline where you sat there hunched over a laptop making sure that there are no errors you know we experienced that firsthand as well you know having to reprint things and i think it, it, it's really special for us you know having to uh, learn things as we go along, I guess, because it, it, it explores room, I guess, for, you know, both personal growth and business growth, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, so I, I, I want to come into the, the business side of it a little bit then, because uh, I noticed that in the most recent issue, uh, so issue five, I want to say, is that right? Yeah, um, issue five, yeah. So in issue five, this is the first one, I think, that you've sold your... Uh, inside uh, your front and back inside spreads and the back page and it's like you know it's like proper advertisers like Fred Perry's in there is this like a a sort of a a new dawn for the magazine Um, I like to think so I think you know the the, the plan for us has always been to create a product where essentially people do have to buy it because I think for any business in this world you have to be sustainable Mm -hmm. and I think you know um, a lot of magazines have gone out of business, uh, you know, solely kind of basing their income on advertising. But yeah, advertising is something that we, you know, we, we are definitely exploring uh, much more than we were originally. Um, I think, you know, we've become more of a magazine now than we were um, when we started. I think we were more of a zine back then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I think, you know, again, with advertising, it's important to us, whatever brand we kind of link up with or, you know, collaborate with and, and, and work with, I think it's important for us to believe in the brand itself as well. You know, we... We've always kind of based our brand partnerships um, on a system of, you know, transa- uh, sorry, partnerships, not transactions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we want relationships to be long lasting and any brand or, you know, kind of business you'll find advertising the mag is probably something that, A, we believe in and, and, and like ourselves and, you know, are, are kind of are close with. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a, a magazine, I'm right in saying that it's mainly distributed around Manchester. Yeah. 
and I mean, so like we we have copies uh, in the stack shop, and I'm very happy to be selling it there. The like, where else will people pick this up if they don't happen to live somewhere around Manchester? If you don't live in Manchester, I mean, our website is probably the best way to get uh, a copy. But we do have a lot of stockists. Um, our stockists in Manchester are all, all um, you know, trade online as well. So you've got the likes of Wilderness Records and Piccadilly Records, which are, you know, kind of big record stores in their own right as well, um, nationally. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of people kind of pick it up. You know, we've had a lot of actually referrals from from customers saying that they got their original copy with Stack and now they've bought mm. another one. Yes. I mean, that, that you know, that's that's great to to know as well. Um, but we're always exploring, you know, potential stockists, and if there are any, you know, listening today, you know, get in touch with us because we're always looking to expand our reader base and and the locations in which we um, in which we exist. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like Manchester is really important to the magazine i mean clearly you know you're all like based around there but i mean also you know some of the features that are are in there there's a, a couple of i mean you've got lots of like interviews with artists uh you've got like album reviews but i think it's the features in this issue that are more like you know sort of like are more based around music rather than actually with artists that i think give a really nice sort of uh, key to the magazine. So you've got a piece in there um, with uh, a photographer called Sharon Latham, um, who, I mean, well, you, you, you tell us, you, to tell us why she was right for the magazine when she's not like, you know, a, a recording artist in her own right. Well, I think, you know, that, that kind of uh, ethos that we based, first based the magazine around was art, music, culture, and everything that kind of surrounds that. And I think, you know, as, as, as we've gone on, we've kind of, you know, as you said, rightly moved into a more of a, of a music magazine. But I think things like that Sharon Latham piece where, you know, someone's been so kind of intrinsically linked with a band and, and immersed in that world, I think that, you know, that's a story in itself. And I think it's important to get different perspectives. And I think it's great to listen to bands and, and hear what bands have got to say. But I think sometimes, for me personally anyway, you know, I, I'm really interested in the people who work around music and, you know, the people who are involved in different ways. So, for instance, you know, Sharon is... Um, uh, a photographer. She she started originally as um, Man City Football Club's um, photographer um, for their match days, and was actually the first female photographer at a Premier League club. But now she um, is, you know, unbelievably linked with music from her work with Noel Gallagher, Bruce Springsteen, the Rolling Stones. You know, she's a great photographer, and, and kind of, you know, we wanted to get her perspective on 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 her side of of the music industry. Mm-hmm. And then looking a bit further afield from Manchester, you've got a, a feature on. Um, Rose Parade recording, so so they're based in Cardiff, which it sounds like is closer to where where you're originally from, and and also there's something about their ethos which also feels kind of similar to what you're doing with Yuck, in that you know they were started to try to um, promote and and sort of uh, support the the independent Cardiff scene. Yeah, I mean that that's a great piece. I think you know we we started. Um, it's, it's part of a wider, I guess, I guess, collection of pieces called A Day at the Label, where we, you know, spend, I guess, a day at a, at a different record label. Um, we've done a lot of nice ones. But, yeah, the Rose Parade one was really nice because, you know, we know those guys outside of the magazine as well um, from, you know, various different things. But that's a really great example of, of, a, of a growing business, I think, that's, you know, set up essentially just before um, the pandemic hit that really puts artists and creatives at the forefront of what they do. Um, they're a community interest company, so you know all the artists um, who release uh, uh, 
music on the on the label have um, shares in, in the company and have a stake in the business and I think that all you know that kind of thing in the creative world is we need more of that I think um, mm. you know kind of artists having a say over the creative direction of their careers and yeah, that's that's what really stood out for us with them um, with Rose Parade is that they're doing things differently um, in the music industry certainly to to what a lot of record labels are doing uh, mm, currently. Mm. And so so then thinking about the like the artists that you feature, like what do you use as your kind of guide for deciding who's right to be in Yuck magazine? I think first and foremost, I think we have to believe in what the artists are doing personally. Um, I know it's not just about our opinion because we've got, uh, you know, uh, an audience of readers who've probably got, you know, vastly different opinions to me about what music they like. But I think, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to sell something that I didn't believe in. And I think that all the artists that we do have in the magazine are, you know, they're, they're, we're personal fans of them, of them bands and artists. And I think mm. that goes a long way in terms of the journalism we produce as well, because, it's much more um, in depth, I guess. We, you know, we, we're talking to these bands as fans as much as we are as journalists, and I think that's that's important to us. Mm. I mean, in the early days, we, you know, we we kind of struggled as as any emerging magazine will probably do to, to find enough pieces. Now we've got the opposite problem. You know, we we're consistently pitched um, by PRs who are wonderful. I should you know put that out there as a disclaimer, um, and yeah, I think nowadays it comes down to whittling down things. Um, rather than making up the numbers, as it were. That is, that is great to hear. You you put me onto Bedroom. In, so in your third issue, uh, you have a, a band in there from Hull, and I'm, I'm from Hull. Uh, but I'd never come across Bedroom before, and I totally love them. Uh, and so I'm very grateful for that. So, I mean, obviously, your selection of who you include, I mean, it's important that you have to be able to believe in them. But is there also a kind of like a, an aesthetic or a genre or, or something that you're looking for because, you know, you're starting to build up an audience. You're probably looking for now like other stuff that someone like me who, you know, really enjoyed Bedroom is now going to go, okay, what what else can you put me onto? Yeah, I mean, that you know, that's, like you said, I think we, we don't particularly fit in with any particular aesthetic or genre, but, you know, we, I guess we just cover, um, I, I'd like to think, you know, emerging and, you know, soon to be established acts. Um, mm. I mean, some of the bands we, we've covered in the last 12 months, I mean, Arlo Parks went from, I mean, when, when we booked her for, for volume uh, four, she was still a relatively unknown artist. By the time we released, she was, you know, being nominated for Mercury Prizes. Mm. So I think, you know, it's just, you know, we want to, I guess, just cover bands like I said we believe in and artists who we feel deserve um, a light shine on them and mm. a lot of that happens to be I guess in the north as well mm-hmm. right yeah yeah now you, you mentioned uh, Covid um, just now it seems to me that I mean obviously making a music magazine is going to be particularly difficult when no one can go and see music and there are no shows and everything you, you took a break between issues four and five were, was that covid related um i guess so yeah i think we were just kind of like on a more of a creative backlog i think we kind of we got two magazines out um volume two and volume three during the pandemic mm. and i think it just served us i guess to take a bit of a, a rest if anything mm. um, and come back it with kind of fresh eyes you know post-pandemic um like you said you know it's in, it's also impossible to to kind of 
get people invested in in what you're doing, especially in music when they can't go to gigs, they can't see these bands. Mm. Their only exist, their only relationship with these bands exists between them and a you know a Spotify playlist probably. So I think you know it was important to us to I think when we went into Volume Four to Volume Five to to really put something out that we know you know people could read this this magazine and and go and see the show the next week go and go and buy the record the next week from a record shop and not be you know holding their bedrooms for a considerable amount of time <laughs> well except when people are holed up in their bedrooms they probably listen to quite a lot of music i mean that was one of the things that i guess that that came out of the pandemic is like people said that they found themselves spending more time listening to music i guess because they were you know, so isolated. And I, I mean, I definitely read Yuck with Spotify, like, playing next to me. And, the, you know, if someone's not come across before, then I'll be listening to the, the music while I'm, I'm reading the magazine. Do, do you feel, does it feel at all any easier now, making the mag now that things are opening up? Or, or have you not really noticed the difference? Um, I think for us it's definitely easier because, I mean, for a while we were kind of resigned to not having any in-person meetings and face-to-face meetings. And while Zoom is, you know, great, um, you know, we're having this conversation over Zoom now, <laughs> but I think, you know, there, there's something that, there's something special about a couple of people getting in a room and, you know, really sort of recoupling over that idea that we were all passionate about, uh, you know, on day one. So I think that that was the, the major thing for the last magazine for volume five was the fact that we were able to you know meet at cafes again work together and and have that you know instant rapport rather than a kind of you know bit conversation on on on, on zoom and, and and through whatsapp voice notes <laughs> mm, yeah 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 and so i mean like i said before you're uh you've sold the the uh inside uh front and back spreads that's fantastic and and like you know real achievement um the magazine's also getting thicker. Uh, is this all signs of you know you, you're getting like bigger, better, stronger? Is this going to keep going? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the signs are positive for us. You know, we're consistently growing. Our web numbers are consistently improving, and it's it's really great to to see that side of the business grow as well. And you know, with a magazine like you said, it is getting thicker. I think we're setting the bar higher in terms of the content we create because we're starting to compare ourselves with people who. You know, we've looked up to for, for, for years, the likes of, you know, Dork Magazine, Loud and Quiet, DIY, and, you know, real kind of, um, I guess, you know, or not veterans of the scene, but really established magazines who are doing great things. Mm. So I think, you know, having kind of always had, you know, big ambitions for the magazine, I think that, that's a, a big factor in terms of the, the content we produce. I think, you know, we are increasing the volume again for this magazine. I think we're probably going to be looking for volume six at, something like you know 100 pages which is just great because you know i i like a big reader don't know about you Stephen, but you know <laughs> I, I like to to really dig into something and i think that well, hopefully our magazine has that for for, for the people who read it. it it also i mean while it's getting thicker it, it's a small magazine it, it feels like the sort of thing that you know it slips into a bag very easily it feel i mean when i think back to like kind of the old days of fact magazine when that was like you know much smaller it was kind of intended to be read in a bar while you were waiting to meet your friends and like you know go and like see the gig is it, i mean is yuck also intended to be this uh, very practical thing that you're out with 
Yeah, I mean, my, my thinking, I don't know about my, my co-editor Tom, because he's not as much of a football fan, but my thinking was I wanted it to be the same sort of size as the football programme, because I like the idea of, you know, when you go to the match, you you fold the programme up sometimes and put it in your back pocket, and I think, like you said, I think the, the, the ability for, to be able to take that out with you and, 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 and read it in, you know, in, in bars and, and places that celebrate culture is, is something that we really wanted to to uh, encourage, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now, the, so there's a bit of football uh, in this latest issue as well. So you've added in uh, a section, well, section, a couple of pages called Yuck It and See, which is sort <laughs> of like, a, it's like a hot or not feature kind of thing. And so, I mean, yeah. you, you've got football in there plus some other bits. Is this an attempt then to get you maybe a little bit further away from just the music and to start to bring in some kind of broader cultural stuff? Yeah, for sure, um, for sure, and and our brand and partnerships, um, our brand and partnerships guy uh, Jamie, he he runs that piece. That was his idea, and you know we just want more things that are in the mag that aren't just interviews. You know, bits of bits of original content, and like you said, you know, as I said before, it's just kind of setting that bar higher and doing things that you know we've wanted to do for a long time, but are finally able to do. Um, you know, we've got we've got more people um, involved in the magazine now, so that kind of question of or can we do it is probably answered by yes now whereas you know in the past we we didn't have enough hands on deck to 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 add these bits of i guess we call them nibs because that's what we call them in in the journalism world you know small short stories and stuff but yeah that's definitely the road we're going down and and kind of it's another way for us to to really engage with our readers and and kind of show them our personality because i think that sometimes in print you can kind of lose that um that kind of relationship between writer and reader, and I think that's important to us as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you you mentioned uh, Jamie as your ads man. So the, there was a note in in this issue. <clears throat> I think he is was and is a co-editor, but he's now Yuck's ad man. So that this again feels like it's it's the magazine kind of shifting a little bit and saying like, okay, we just need someone who's like hundred percent on trying to bring some money in the like you know is it is this also a sign of of you know the ambition of the magazine it is yeah because i mean you know we, we like you said he went from co-editor to, to ads man and i think that that really needed to happen because increasingly we were finding that brands wanted to work with us and different organizations wanted to work with us and we didn't kind of have one you know space or person to to kind of filter that through and and that became jamie i mean he's he used to work at um a pretty green and has done various bits in fashion and stuff so he was just a, the ideal person for that really and you know he's got a great range of connections and he was you know integral in in, in getting fred perry on board so you know i'll eternally thank him for that mm. uh, and and, and are, are you all doing this as a sideline do you all have jobs doing other stuff we do yeah we do we all work i mean um tom my co-editor he works for um, a mental health tech startup um Jamie works in import and export at the minute, I believe, and I myself am a freelance newsreader. So we kind of all do various different bits, but you know, the common goal is to to one day potentially, you know, do this full time and, and and take this magazine to a place that we think that it, it, it can be. So so go on then. So the the obvious question is, what do you have to do to make that happen? I think you know, like in this world, creating a really sustainable um, regular income stream is something that. You know we're really keen on doing and we're looking at various different different avenues for doing that i mean we're we're really um taking our sort of live promotions to the next level um this year and, and next year now um 
that was always the plan before the pandemic but obviously the the 16 months that we were indoors kind of hampered that um so we've got you know we, we are really sort of um ramping up that side of the business and we'll be doing a, a residency at night and day cafe next year um and some of the things you know we've got we've got a lot of irons in the fire that i'm i'm not allowed to talk about which is really unfortunate really but um hopefully some really big things are going to happen for the magazine um in 2022 so so does that mean then that we're we're expecting to see some yuck nights being put on at what around manchester oh yeah for sure so night and day cafe is a, a venue in, in the heart of the northern quarters kind of cultural hub um oldham street and it's a fantastic venue it's been there since 1990 and um, we're actually putting our first gig on um with a few bands uh, keg atawalpa and a band uh, from manchester called idle idle hours sorry um in november um, and that'll be for um in collaboration with Night and Day's uh, 30th birthday week, which they're celebrating this year, um, and they're kind of a, you know a real cultural institution of of the Northern Quarter and, and Manchester in general, really. Amazing. All right, so you've got your first gig happening next month. So then, I guess in amongst all of this, you're also working on issue six. When yeah. is that likely to come out? Um, I mean, we were aiming for the end of this month, but I think you know, like you said, we we took a break um, between volumes four and five, so. We pushed it back a little, so I think we're aiming, you know, kind of now looking at, we've got, you know, a lot of the content done. Um, it's just a case of getting the pages together, really. And, you know, like you said, doing doing that um, integral uh, proofread towards the end. I mean, that'll take a week just to get through um, 100 pages this time. But we're hoping for kind of a mid-November release now, um, which, you know, is probably doable, I think. Our, you know, our, our deadlines change a lot because we've, we've all got jobs and, and other things going on in life, but... We like to think that we're pretty timely, <laughs> so I know that there are people out there probably thinking that it should be it should be out by now. But um, you know, we're getting it. <laughs> Lovely. Well, look, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it, um, and really, really good luck with it. I, I hope that we'll keep on seeing this magazine growing and growing. Well, thank you, Stephen, and also, you know, thanks for thanks for staff for having us today and um, for stocking our, our magazines. You know, we, we're we're big fans of yours, so um, thanks for having us on. Right, you're very welcome. Cheers. Okay, that's all for this week. I would like to say thanks again to Tom for making the time to speak with me and thanks also for the kind words about Stack. Remember that if you want to read Yuck for yourself, you can buy the current issue and back issues in our shop. And if you use the code podcast at checkout, you'll save 10% off all of our magazines and the surprise subscription where we send you a different independent magazine every month. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Tom. We've got another music magazine coming up on the podcast in a couple of weeks, but a very different one to Yuck. So if you want to make sure you hear that, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be able to deliver all of our future episodes to you as soon as they're ready. Thanks very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week.